1: This is an ENN special report.
2: Now reporting.
1: The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg.
0: ENN's at six.
2: When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, You're not, Don. It stands up. Uh, but it's Don. not. Now,
0: from
3: the ESPN
0: New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. The of
3: your show is
2: number one? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to E.N.N.
1: On TV. Ray Row.
2: That's right. E.N.N. tonight is brought to you by Slomans. That's right. I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Don.
1: They performed Itsy Bitsy Spider.
2: Very good. I'd like to say good evening to myself. Uh, LeMayu will lead off. That was cruel. And cool. to Anthony, our caller. I am going to keep watching them because I'm a moron. <laughs> that could make drop madness, no? I, I I think it will. Andrew? It could definitely get it.
4: Uh,
1: absolutely. Now, remember, it's harder now because I think we're going to go with the 60, whatever, 30. How many drops do we use? The 36? Best. No. No, 60, go, sixty-four. Right, the sixty-four best drops. No longer is there going to be a Nether region, a Peter region, a K region. Do we Don agree is. on that? Do we? Do we come to? A I, final? I hope that we agreed on that. Andrew, we, we I thought did that's not. Where we're
4: going. We didn't. Oh. It seems like we're heading in that direction, but well,
1: it just seems fair, right? Because then you could be taking off really good drops, and then having drops that maybe wouldn't make the cut just to fill the bracket. And 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 Andrew, let's be honest. We know what this is all about. Don doesn't want to eat his own.
2: Don wants a final four of all Don.
1: That could, ha- that could happen. There is that. But, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, do, one, don't you one want year the two best, best drops to play each other? Everything's clicking when Hicks is hitting. Well, Andrew's the
2: commissioner. What are your thoughts?
4: I'm not prepared to make a decision in June for next March's well, drop know.
1: madness. All right. Maybe you're not forward-thinking enough to do this, Andrew. Maybe it's too much.
4: Oh, I'll seed the reins. I thought you said you literally God never resign. Me. You'd have to fire me. I've fire changed me. my mind. I will happily. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, long. Long. I will literally never resign. You will have to
1: fire me. <laughs> we were having a pleasant conversation about drop madness, and we were shut down by the commissioner. There was no shutting down there. No, he's open to it. He's not making a decision today. No, but it just, uh, I, it's not making a, I didn't want make a decision, but you can have a thought. Like, doesn't it make sense? Now, obviously, you can't have necessarily the two best drops because – we do have the four brackets, but the idea that some lame drop has got to be a 16 seed in another region and knock off a really good Peter drop because he's got 17—that doesn't make sense to me.
4: Anta Canupo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that, you laugh at it. I got killed for including that.
2: I, I, I listen. I wasn't against Anta Anta Canupo. Anta Canupo. I, I thought Anta Canupo should be there. I I, th- I think it was too high, perhaps.
4: It was a sixteen, I think.
2: Then I certainly didn't think that. It, it was a sixteen. <laughs> I had no problem with Anthony Canupo. Let's let's go. Let's talk about something happy. Let's hear the great Michael call. We miss him so much today. Mm. But last night, a humdinger of a Kester call when Aaron Hicks tied the game in the ninth with a three-run homer. And the
1: pitch, high drive, right field. There it goes. See ya! There's the home run. He ties it with one swing. It is 6-6. I got to tell you, for 6-3 in the ninth, mm-hmm. it didn't look like too many people left the building. And What does that tell you? Oh, no chance. Everything's clicking when Hicks was hit. No chance people are leaving on this team right now. How can you? It's every because, night. Listen, a lot good happened last night, but that if they went down 1-2-3 in the ninth inning, that wasn't a great game. For the Yankees. And yet nobody left because even though they're going up against the best bullpen in baseball with a two point five five earner on average going in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because anything can happen. And and maybe the best news after the Hicks home run, you know, that that walk off by Judge didn't happen in the twelfth with a runner at second base. They manufactured another run mm-hmm. after kind of Falefa was thrown out trying to steal second.
2: Let's hear the call for that judge single that ended things.
1: Driven down the left field line. It is a base hit. It goes into the corner. And the Yankees have done it again. Trevino scores. And they come all the way back for a dramatic 7-6 victory. Their ninth walk-off of the year.
2: I'm not just saying this. Because, frankly, I don't even think Michael would think of it as a compliment. Necessarily. Okay. So I don't know that this is – I don't want people to think this is being said because he's our guy and because he gave me a beautiful engagement, congratulations, shout-out on the broadcast the other day. And then hard advice. Yeah, really, really bad. I truly think Michael is hitting his stride as a, a, a baseball announcer right now. Like, wow. I think he's – and I think in the last couple of years – he's entered his prime as a baseball broadcaster
1: how am I a Yankee like when I first
2: started on this show I remember being so blown away by Michael as a, a talk show host that I was like oh wow he's much better as a talk show host than he is at baseball like he's good mm-hmm. at baseball but he's way better as, as a talk show host and now I don't know I feel like there's something about him uh, you know, it's it's not like every job a local baseball announcer Don it it, it is time in the game. And, and comfort that comes as years go on and relative to baseball he's not old you know he's still young in his career he has plenty of time plenty of gas in the tank and i think his calls now are the best they've
1: ever been here's my theory and I don't think you're wrong but you might say boy it took long enough because he's only been doing it for 30 years but here here's where I think you feel that way even if it may not necessarily be true so he does radio for the Ray four Rowe. championships in five years. Ray-Row. So that was glorious. All the championships, great run. But, but, but that was be, when he was still a young broadcaster. And it wasn't his ship to steer. Well, Sterling was making a lot of those calls. But he did have the... Um, Almond, nut, butter. He did have the Martinez Grand Slam against the Padres. He had he had some calls. No but doubt. But you're right, most of the real great ones came with... Like that, if that was on radio, that would be Sterling's call, not like Vasco sauce. Now he goes to television, and the first year of the YES Network was two thousand and two. So by then, you know, they just come off a World Series loss to the Diamondbacks, but they had won the previous four championships in five years, right? So now the the it's kind of passe. Winning's passe, you know. So because they're supposed to win, and, and, and not that it's not fun, but it's. It's kind of corporate because, hey, who cares what you do in April, May, June, July, August, and September? It's all about October. But now they only won one championship since then. This is a fun team. And, like, nine walk-offs in the first 70 games, that's it's They're giving him of. opportunities. They're giving him opportunities. So I think the the, the longest stretch without a championship, without a World Series appearance in franchise history, the fact that this team is having so much fun, and it's not – the winning's not as passe because, let's face it, the fan base actually walked into this season hating the team. That that's why it seems like he's having more fun because there's so, – this this year is is much different. I have a theory. Can oh, I, throw, I, can I, I throw one in there, Peter? Please. Don?
4: Please. So who is it? Is it Malcolm Gladwell, Peter, and Don that, that has the uh, – it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert yes, at something? I believe that's yeah. a Malcolm Okay, Gladwell. so I just did this – in like in seconds, so my math could be off here. But, Don, you said it's 2002, so 20 years. Let's say Michael calls, like, what, 125 games a year or so. Let's say a baseball game is three and a half hours for the Yankees. So just all, all of that. I just threw that all together, and he's coming up on uh, 8,750 hours. So he's getting close to the 10,000-hour mark, where he becomes a full-on expert. So maybe that's it.
2: And, wow, by the way, Don, Don that's can you contribute andrea you stole the show you stole the show that's very very important you you came in and you stole the show because don that's what i'm trying to say michael didn't michael's not one of those guys who got this job as a 27 year old kid he got this job as an adult started in radio where it was not completely his thing so really it's been 20 years of it being the michael k operation and he's really hitting his stride listen i feel like i'm just getting good at radio now and i'm 42 i've been doing it for 22 years it
1: takes time, and I just think he's at his best. I think I, I think he found his voice. That What Andrew just did right now was the most concise, intelligent piece of information that's been on this show in months. <laughs> Fascinating radio. And I think he hit it. I think How between feel- the three of us, I think all three of our theories is the answer. And we should package this and send it to Michael so he can hear it. Do you know right what I'd now, like to say? I'm
2: looking at the three shot of this show, and do you know what I'd like to say about this show? I'd like to say that for three white dudes, we do a pretty good job with facial hair on this show. You think so?
1: I really do. Andrew especially. I mean, and Andrew does a good.
2: Andrew does a great job. I, I I've been in the barber every week. Don, you're doing it, you're doing it mostly yourself, right? Yours is very yeah. lined up. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, in my experience, living in sort of multiple worlds that I live in, I find generally when it comes to hair. And beard maintenance, white men do not have the same attention to detail as black and brown folks. Well, that, that's something I generally find. And on this show, you look at Andrew's beard, he looks gorgeous. He doesn't look like a Lego man anymore. He, or, he, or he does, but he looks like a Lego man with a perfectly manicured beard.
1: Well, you know what I think about a like a, a good-looking black man with a beard? Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying his name right. The guy from SWAT, was it um, she more Moore. Shamar Moore. Moore. Shamar. Shamar. Yep. And the only reason I'm familiar with his work is the SWAT commercials like during a football game because I never saw SWAT. Okay. But he he, he, he was in um, Sonic 2, and we've watched it a bunch of times with the kids. Okay. And I said to myself, boy, I wish I had facial hair like him. And so when you brought that up about like it does seem like African American men have figured it
2: out. and it's, it's it's culturally just something that there's more emphasis on. and in th- and in this city too, Puerto Ricans and Dominicans too, way more emphasis really? on the barbershop. And white guys, I'll have white friends who literally the hair on the back of their neck is just everywhere. I'm like, have you ever heard of a shape up? For God's sake, you like, look like a mess. They're,
1: they're Wilfred Brimley, right? Yeah, everyone,
2: you look like a psycho. Let's <laughs> fix this. Test so hair us. coming out of their shirt. Yeah, I'm I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of the beard grooming we got going on in this show. We'll we'll show it all to you in person next week at Bar K, uh, Bar A in Lake Como, New Jersey. Now let's let's stay with the New York Yankees for a second. And let's hear from manager Aaron Boone reacting to the good news that Judge and the Yankees have reached a settlement at $19 million. Let's hear from Boone.
1: What's your reaction to the resolution to the Aaron Judge contract situation, and did you speak with him about it at all today?
4: I'm pleased um, getting
0: that news today. Um, yeah, I was excited about it. I, I spoke to him briefly on the phone uh you know a couple hours ago just make sure you know timing wise and everything he was good and uh yeah so excited that that's that's behind us and um we can leave that portion of the show
1: alone it's so bad i feel so bad for aaron or managers in general in this situation he has zero to do with this zero they don't ask his input he's not no. in the negotiations He just has to deal with the collateral damage of a negotiation ongoing during a baseball season. But, you know, Meredith's got to ask the question, but what can Boone say? He's got nothing to do with it. He wasn't in on the arbitration. He wasn't in on the negotiations on either side. No, all he can do is is be happy
2: that he doesn't have to worry about it in the same way. Right. Um, Let's, real quickly... Got a lot of good audio to get to. Let's hear from Buck Showalter. Let's play the second clip, Anthony, of Buck Showalter clarifying Max Scherzer's situation. Sunday
1: or Monday, uh, is, he could potentially pitch for somebody other than us.
3: Okay. So he'll, he'll make one more rehab start? Maybe more. I don't know. Okay, at least one. Uh,
1: Or he could have a couple of work days. That'd be fine. He's not going to pitch for us Sunday. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Clarifying was not done. I mean, he he made
2: clear he's not going to play for the Mets on Sunday.
1: But that's it. But as far as what's going to happen beyond that, your guess is as good as his. Robert Half Research
0: indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI – To connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: Now, normally I would go right from this to the Knicks stuff we have. But, though this is a national story, the audio is tremendous. Okay, Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers is back in Atlanta for a series in his former town and he was incredibly emotional at the presser let's he struggled to even get started he had to leave the room and come back in let's
3: hear from freddie freeman earlier this organization the people media people who have covered my family with grace and love over the last 12 years it's hard the fans since I was twenty years old. The ones that saw me when I was seventeen in Gulf Coast League. In Rome, Georgia, two thousand eight. Myrtle Beach in Pearl, Mississippi in two thousand nine, and Gwinnett. Everyone helped me be who I
2: am today. Here's uh Freddie expressing some more love for the Braves. Man
3: uh, I love the Braves organization with all my heart.
2: That will never change. I mean, Don, I, I, I've, I've been around. I know people think I'm a yo-yo and I just turned on sports for the first time yesterday. But I've been watching sports for 30, consciously for about 35 years, okay? I don't know that I've ever heard that level of sadness from a player who opted to leave to mm. get paid. I'm not doubting yeah. it. Right. I, be- I believe him. But does he know that he had the option to stay and just be slightly less rich?
1: Because there's two different reports. There's a report, um, five years, 135 million and five years, $140 million, that the Braves offered him to stay. So he did get an offer. But he got a six-year deal with the Dodgers, worth 162 million, so uh, pretty significantly different. He was able to get an extra year, and potentially, depending on what report, you know, 22 to 27 million dollars more. So,
2: listen, it's that's real pretty money.
1: significant. But you're right. If you're that devastated, you can't live off of five years, 140 million dollars to stay in your home.
2: That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, I, it was an option. Let's 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 one more clip. He was asked if he ever regrets the way things ended in Atlanta.
3: I think that the regret question is a whole different side of this story that I'm not I'm not here to talk about because I think one-on-one with people I've talked to that's a whole that's a that's a different side of it um, because if I got into that we would be here a long time <laughs> and that emotion would change big time so. Um, well, that helped me stop crying a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I think the people that know me know a little bit about what happened a few months ago. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So here's the answer, Peter. Okay. There's
1: the what I want to do and what business tells me to
3: do. Mm-hmm.
1: What Freddie Freeman wanted to do was take the five-year deal, stay in Atlanta because that's where he loves to be. But the business side won out because, as he said, business. All of a sudden, now he stopped crying. That changed because these players are commodities. They're worth something, and I guess from a business standpoint, he just could not pass up six years $162 million because these things aren't done in a vacuum, right? Players Association looks at this. Other teammates look at it, and I guess he figures – Hey, all things equal, I'm staying in Atlanta. But the business side, that's a different story. He was crying as the baseball player, but when the business cap was put on, the crying stopped and and the decision was made. You are literally two different people in, in, in your brain of making decisions, the, the what you want to do and then the business. And for us, I I'm going to do what I want to do, but with a union – With everything being paid attention to? Sounds like the business side of Freddie Freeman won out. So, Leon Rose did not speak publicly after the Knicks
2: 2022 draft. But he did put out a statement, though. Last night, we made three trades involving draft picks, which resulted in increased financial flexibility and additional draft capital moving forward. We now have a total of 22 picks. 11 in the first round, and 11 in the second round over the next seven years. We have the ability to be active in free agency as well as in the trade market. Our focus will remain to be strategic and thoughtful in our team building, doing it the right way while feeding off of the momentum from the end of last season and prioritizing our player development program. Thank you to Knicks fans for your continued support. Leon Rose.
1: Remind me of the momentum at the end of the season. Was there that much? That I know they little... played better. Yeah, but... they played a little better. Played a little better. I saw you know, Marco was on a tricycle after the graduation today. Uh-huh. There was some momentum there. He was moving.
2: Yeah, he was physically moving. Would you, would you say he was <laughs> Was he moving as fast as, say, uh, you know, a Formula One racer would move?
1: No, he wasn't on a trike. There wasn't an engine. He was on a tricycle. Which moved forward. So there was momentum, but I, I when I saw the statement, I'm like, oh, I guess there was momentum. Nothing that I really recall. They closed out seven and three. Don, how's that? Make they, you? Oh, there you go. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> if you're a football team closing out seven and three, and you here's, just here's some, the
2: playoffs. That's here's a, some good news. Chris really? Kreider underwent successful surgery to remove, remove a small bone fragment from his wrist. Um, two to four week recovery. Mm-hmm. He should be just fine. Did at the hospital for special sur- special surgery
1: in New York City. Well, it kind of explains, you know, maybe this was something he was suffering from in the final games of that series because there wasn't a lot from Kreider or anybody offensively. So, it, that could that be just, the
2: reason why he wasn't shooting the puck
1: enough? Well, it could be. I mean, obviously your wrist. You certainly need your wrist to shoot the puck. And he had listen. He had a power play goal. In that, in that game three, and then there wasn't really much the rest of the way. So it's a long – you see all these players. I'm sure if Tampa loses tonight, you're going to hear, you know, a bunch of surgeries from them probably after the season. It's, it's brutal, man, these runs for all sports to play this many games. You realize the Rangers played 82 games during the regular season. They played 20 in the postseason. You know, you played almost a quarter more of a season. And playing every other day, and playing in much more high intensity than you do during the regular season, right. it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but that's why it's all equal. Everybody's going through something. That will do it for yeah. ENN, which tonight is brought to you by Slowman's. Call them one eight hundred alarm me to
2: receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call one eight hundred alarm me. You know what's next. We close it out with your phone calls, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Everything on the table. Before we get to a weekend, thank God, a beautiful weekend. It looks to be. Peter and Don on the K Show on Yes and 98.7 ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker.
3: Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.